0: can't get it on my own if you don't like the way i'm living just leave this bald-headed country boy alone what's up folks thank y'all for tuning into the josh terry podcast hey i want to start off this show by telling you about some of our new sponsors global net insurance agency mr dusty lewis over in eastman georgia you can reach him right now at 478-374-7977 this is who i got insurance with folks mr dusty has took care of me for an extremely long time uh even when i'm late on my insurance uh, i can message him on facebook he always takes care of me and his staff there are just awesome over at global net so please do me a favor Y'all reach out to them now and tell them that I sent you. Here's another new one for y'all. Lori's Dive-In. She feeds me quite regularly. She's over in Alamo, Georgia. She has brought me everything from this amazing chicken salad to these Philly cheesesteaks. Dude, there I'm telling you, they're just really, really good. Uh, full menu on site. They cater. They do carry out. Just really cool family atmosphere. Every time I've been there or they've brought me stuff, uh, you just can't beat it. And the price is really good. And Miss Lori is just awesome. Uh, Thank you all for becoming a sponsor on the show. I'm always excited when somebody that I went to school with turns out to be successful and is doing well for themselves. Shout out to Mr. Dustin Smith. Dr. Dustin Smith and owner of Middle Georgia Total Health Center. He's my chiropractor. Uh, I'm always standing up tall. I'm always feeling good, and it's because of this guy. He's got an office in Eastman at 285 Plaza Ave. And uh, he also has a location at 126 North 2nd Street in Cochrane. You can call his Eastman office at 478-6011 or the Cochrane office at 478 934 Zero one. Look them up on Facebook at Middle Georgia Total Health or email them midga total health at gmail.com. Go check out Dr. Smith and all of his staff. Uh, he's going to get you feeling right. You're not going to be disappointed. You go get Mr. Smith's hands on you. I told y'all the other day about my guy over at Oxley Performance Computers. Matt Oxley has took care of all of our computer needs. He's got me set up with a whole new PC. Uh, My soundboard, my everything is running way better. Uh, I did not know how bad off I was just getting something from Best Buy. This dude has hooked me up to where my laptop's better, my desktop's better, everything that I needed, he hooked me up with and he did it for a damn good price. Y'all go check out Matt Oxley at Oxley Performance Computers at, and here's his website at oxleypc.com that's where you can find him at on Facebook as well. Go look my dude up and tell him to hook you up. I told y'all we had several new sponsors on the show and right here is the last one. So y'all hold tight and then we're going to roll into the show. This one right here is why I've been looking so damn good though. Miss Reagan. Reagan rise fitness she helps men and women lose fat and build muscle she customized nutrition and training plans workouts can be done in the gym or at home she has hooked me up told me what to eat told me how much to eat and also gave me a workout plan that doesn't hurt my body you can find her at facebook at reagan that's r-a-e-g-a-n last name m-i-l-h-o-l-e-n and her I G R A E G A N A R I S E fitness go check her out tell her i sent you and last but not least and i'm very excited to tell you all about this lady uh miss jessica wolf over at lovely lotus lovely lotus is probably about to start making all of our shirts hats cups pins etc 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 uh you can get in touch with her through any of her social media just look up lovely lotus she made a bunch of stuff for me uh, a couple sample things or whatever because we've had problems getting uh the merchandise and the stuff that we wanted and I'm telling y'all, just go to my Facebook and look up Jessica Wolf and Lovely Lotus. Uh, check her out now because the stuff that she sent me, jam up. I absolutely love it. And uh, from now on, I imagine this lovely young lady is going to be the person that's doing our gear. So check her out, Jessica Wolf, Lovely Lotus. Now let's see who today's guests are. Thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Gray Studios. Thank you to all the sponsors uh, in Nashville recording the show. Um, and I am excited about this one. Uh, You got like a real, real badass with me today. Uh, I usually don't say that folks can uh, hang with me as far as uh, a good time goes, but this fella has put me to shame several times up here already. <laughs> Mr. Bobby Pinson, uh, thank mm-hmm. you for letting me into this place, uh, Seagale. And uh, I am saying that right. You are. Okay, I usually fuck up words. Right. So I just want to make sure I didn't mess up this one. You've,
1: you've never fucked up an F bomb. You've, you've nailed everyone. <laughs> uh, those are easy for me.
0: <laughs> uh, easy. It's, the, it's the ones when you got to... I just don't understand how some words are said. I'm dyslexic anyway. Right. And uh, so some shit don't make sense to me when I see <laughs> so it. So
1: you go around, cuff, yeah. cuff. <laughs>
0: I might as well, to be honest with you. Um, Mother I, cover. Uh, I very much appreciate uh, you doing this with me. Um, you got some good stuff coming out. We're going to get that soon. But uh, every time... I'm around any of my friends up here. Uh, your name always comes up, and then in the past two months, I've actually got to meet you, hang out with you, and everything. And I just appreciate let me drink a couple beers with you and That's talk some job. shit well, with it's you, man.
1: Easy stuff, absolutely. Well, I, I love to drink and I love to shoot the shit, so you're in the right spot.
0: Yeah, man, I've had a good time set when I got locked out your studio that, that right. one night. That was that was about the only time <laughs> you I almost was... locked
1: us out today. So you got a, oh, you got a, you got a thing for it. No, you don't have keys, and it requires them. So, you know, oh, so yeah. I didn't have my keys, and I went out chasing you over for some parking, and I turned around. I was like, I think I just locked us out, but we we lucked out. But usually, when you're over here, it, it might be a little later in the evening, so to speak. Ooh. After after we're not allowed to be anywhere else after two a.m. So, so that door gets a little tricky the later the evening goes.
0: Well, the <laughs> sun was coming up when I got locked out. It, <laughs> it wasn't going down. Yeah, the answer's <laughs> in the
1: question there,
0: buddy. Um, but uh, so. I guess I want to start with you coming to Nashville originally because you've been up here a, a while a now and well, everything. Dustin Heron actually showed me your uh, your first video. Oh, yeah. Uh, I uh, I was skinny ago. with
1: muscles back then.
0: Yeah. I ate that guy. He think, tasted like bacon and I think you look way crown. better now, to be <laughs> honest with you. I didn't recognize you. There's
1: more of me to love. Well, you know, I say I hadn't gotten fat. I just swell up when I get nervous, you know. <laughs>
0: I think I mean you got the same problem. Right.
1: I didn't realize I was this nervous. Uh, no, you know I've been here a long time. Been about twenty five years. Everybody says where are you from, and I say at this point I'm from here again. You know I've been here long enough, and uh, I've lived my whole adult life here, and and uh, it's a great town to do that. You know I've known a lot of these guys that I write with, and peers, and artists that I work with. We've known each other longer. We've known our own kids. You know, and and it puts it in perspective that it is a home. I didn't have a lot of roots. My dad was this old. I mean I have roots, I'm rooted in who I am as a person and who you know, moving around is still its own set of roots and, and it, it you know, kinda of build your soul that way. Um, but I didn't have grow up in the town, live on a piece of land that my grandparents own that they're gonna pass down and my grandkids have one. I didn't have that one was a football coach, you know, a good football coach in Texas moves around a lot and And a bad one moves around a lot, and a good one moves around every year, you know, as they're making that climb. So I went to four different high schools, and and I think in doing so, it kind of set me up for really appreciating this town and being able to come here and and just kind of be insignificant long enough to to get my stance widened and, and kind of figure out what I was doing, you know. And I think I attribute a lot of that to moving around and not really ever having the roots and just moving to a new town going... I got to like me if nobody else does. And I didn't really realize uh, how important that was going to be because that's the name of this town. It's not about who can sing or who can write or who can, you know, you know, wear their own ball hat and wear their own merch or dance or do a TikTok. it's about who can come here and spend five years and be insignificant who can last the longest being nothing while they're trying to figure out how to be something and, and figure out what their brand of the something is you know and that's the hardest part that's even a that's that's med school to become you know, genuine I mean, yeah is what you be, say me comfortable being who yeah you are, because right? in order to be genuine you got to be in genuine right you got to yeah. figure out you know you got to you got to figure out what wrong is to know what right is and and uh and i think it finds you i don't i think if you look for it you're just you're just looking at pieces that everybody else has dropped but but if you're if you're really figuring out what you are and learning how to not chase what it is because it's a cyclical thing right music moves around what matters to people moves around but at the end of the day what makes people call people hadn't changed you know what's changed is who's making the music who's singing the music who's trying to write the songs and if you start chasing all of that you know, when it starts chasing you, you won't be there. So I just kind of do what I do, stay where I am, write my brand of music and live my brand of life and, you know, and let her, let God take care of the rest.
0: You know? Dude, I, I love that. That um, I lived a long, long part of my life trying to make everybody else comfortable and it made me so uncomfortable. Sure. And that's for the past probably seven years, uh, probably about the time I hit 28, I'll, I'll be 35 this year. I just at some point in time said I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like I wanted to be the authentic version of myself. If it ran people off, if it aggravated folks, it's I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to just fit in anymore. I sure. got tired of trying to just be like everybody else.
1: Well, you know, if you can't find the party, you are the party, and and that's kind of the way I have. I've I've never been the guy to call around. Hey, what are we doing? What's What's everybody doing? What's everybody Same. doing? I just kind of do my thing, and and it's not always. You know what everybody else would want to do but that's what makes it unique you know i dated this girl on time uh dates are loose usage but anyway she was hotter <laughs> yeah. she was hotter in grandma's house and it's so just full of joy but you never met anybody that was so full of joy that didn't keep any for herself you know it's like she was so caught up in what was supposed to look be happy or, you know what was going to make other people happy and what she thought happy was versus just you know happiness is not having to look for happiness and that's that makes me happy you know
0: yeah when you figure out that you can just make yourself happy and you don't need anybody else yeah i I love that we we just went to the beach not long ago
1: that's actually masturbation that's it was
0: (laughs) Uh, we just went to the beach not long ago and uh all my friends they they got caught up doing just shit all the time like they just wanted to be on the go i ended up just sitting by the 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 pool most of the time with Keith Wheatley playing on the speaker mm-hmm. with a bottle of liquor and was just as happy as hell. And they would complain most of the time. They're like, you could have done this at home. Right. And I was like, well, hell I'd have been know, happy there doing it too. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I'm going to make myself happy. I don't have to go with the trend. I don't have to go with the flow of anything. And as you're right, when you can make yourself happy and everything, this it's the best
1: years ago when I was first making music and I was on that climb that a lot of the young kids are doing now, you know that i'm helping when i was in their position when i was doing it at 22 23 24 you know it's just such a drinking town and when you're out co-drinking with your co-writers and trying to figure out your thing you know you're, you're always just uh you're trying to figure out how to fit in and how to do and for me moving around a lot literally i just moved to town with my sister and myself and my parents and All we knew was each other and ourselves, you know, and I think the more you know about yourself, the less they can tell you who you are. And that's a blessing and a curse in this town because these people get paid a lot of money to tell you who you're supposed to be. So you can obviously, alienate's probably a little big, but you can definitely not be right down the middle or down the pike or what they're looking for just by having your own opinion. Because having your own opinion, it's not a cuss word in this town. But it certainly is, you know, I got this sign on my head that says, don't bullshit me. You can't see it until you're trying to bullshit me. And then it's like you just know I'm not going to bullshit this guy. And and I think that's awesome. I think that's what I teach my my family and my, my son, you know. But at the same time, it's made it tougher for me over the years of just not really allowing for the bullshit, you know.
0: Uh, well, I think that me and you would get along a lot more now that it, we're having this conversation because one of the things that when – my buddies and me are talking about music and the ones that are trying to make it and everything. And they ask my opinion on a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know why the hell they ask my opinion. Like I can sing or anything, but they know I'm gonna give them a straight ass answer. That's why. And I honestly, I like people that chase legacy and not money. I want sure. I want my friends to try to have an all time song, not a paycheck. If that makes sense. Like I I love the the Merle Haggards of the the world, the George Jones, the Keith Whitleys. And I, when you sit here and you listen to actually things about them and not their music, especially Johns and Whitley, they didn't care. Right. Like they, they were doing it because they loved it. They were trying to leave a mark. They were trying to leave a legacy. They wanted to be more than just a number one. They, they were putting their art out there. They were poets in a sense. And I, I respect that more about people than just trying to make a dollar. And that, that kind of sounds like what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, you're
1: right? either in this town – We're full of creative people, full of passionate people. Even the ones of us that are not where they need to be yet are still better than the ones that are never going to be that good, right? So there's just everybody's good. Um, There's different levels of good. There's different things they're good at, but everybody's good. But, you know, when you look to your left and you look to your right, you go, are you the water or are you the well? You know, I want to be the well. I want to be where it's coming from, not what I got out of it not what I just passed around for a minute for 15 minutes of fame, you know, and granted I only had less than 15 minutes. I like 15 seconds of fame, but I went out the way I wanted to go, which was on some really good songs, you know, and, and slipped into songwriter mode. And, and uh, everybody says, how do you become a songwriter? I'm like, that's really easy, man. Just get a record deal. Cause that's easy and piss your record label off and, you know, (laughs) poof, you're a songwriter. (laughs) Ta-da. But, uh, so yeah, I was a, I was actually an artist for about 12 years, uh, but only street legal for about a year and a half, and then I uh, just went into writing songs, you know. Uh, same guy doing all the different things. And, and uh, you know, and I've watched myself change over, like, some of the kids that I laugh at now. I laugh at them because... I was those, I was. They're doing the same thing you were doing 25 years ago. And they think it's different because it's new to them. It's not new. You know, it's like we've all been idiots. We've all thought it was this and it was that and thought it was that and it's this and just gotten it wrong. And I mean, how do you know if it's right if you don't get it wrong? And, uh, and, uh, I definitely, when it comes to getting things wrong and figuring out what right is, I would, I would say I'm an expert in that. Just, just in general, fuck tree, you know?
0: Hey, it makes us better though. Like if we didn't know how bad it hurt to lose, we wouldn't know how good it felt to win. Right? That's right. Like for we, sure. we've got to. I think my failures. I've learned more from my failures than I've ever learned from actually succeeding at something. Right. Like I would. I hate that I've been down some rocky roads. I hate that when I was younger I was in jail. I was a piece of shit from the ages of eighteen to twenty-one. Right. I hate that. Uh, when I was when I was young, I used to like writing poetry. I was good at it. Got some poems that were published in Young Poetry or Young Poets of America and got picked on in school because of it, and I quit writing. And I hate going back at it that I let all those things, those failures, I, I should have kept trying to grow and not just letting people knock me down. I should have kept moving up, is I guess what sure. I'm trying to say. And I didn't get that attitude until a couple years ago. And I see folks around here now that just keep getting knocked down and folks that are just going along with the flow and everything. And it, I just – I don't know. It, um, You know,
1: it's changed so drastically in what they have to do now, what they don't have to do, what constitutes a success. That's a big change. You know, there was only a couple of ways to have success or to even afford to be able to stay in this town back in the day. Now you can have a hit. Nobody knows it, you yeah. know, it's a, a, except for the people that made it a hit. And there's just so many different things. But the one thing that has always stayed the same is that if you be true to yourself, regardless of what good or what bad happens, it's you that's going to experience that good or that bad or have to get through the bad to go to the good. And it's not some version of yourself that you wish you weren't if you could have just changed this. I mean, we all have regrets. We all have look backs. We all have, you know, man, boy, if I knew what I knew now, back then <laughs> I could have skipped that car crash, right? And that's just life. That's not music. That's anybody's job. But in this town, you know, it's such a such a difficult town and it's not difficult because it's hard to write songs because you can teach structure you can teach the do's and don'ts you can listen to the radio and know every day there's some example of something that someone's written that's working so you listen to that unfortunately that sometimes gives a lot of false information to people (laughs) you know and they start chasing things that are working again if you start chasing it you won't be there when it starts chasing you one thing that's always rung true to me is just being true to the song just tell the truth when in doubt tell the truth you know
0: i love that i do well i I think too um how you said that i guess now i guess back in the day the only way to define success was like i guess a number one now you've got a bunch of different ways i wish folks would just like find success in themselves what just whatever it means to you um i got to like Lee and them, they just wrote something and he sent me a text message after they did it. And it was something that he had been trying to write for a long time. Whether anybody ever hears it or not, sure. he was proud of himself that he had accomplished something. That's success to me.
1: Sure. Like
0: There's certain times that I do something that whether anybody else ever figures out that I did it or not, it's successful to me. I hate that, I guess, numbers or whatever is what a lot of folks chase up here. And they want like a number one or they want so many streams or they want so many downloads or whatever. I wish they would just stay true to the music.
1: Well, I'll tell you why they don't. And it makes sense to me why it doesn't always happen. And I'm with you. You know, we kind of have to want in one hand and shit in the other when it comes to I wish we could just make our music and be happy because we have to feed families, right? Yeah. I I always say I have to write my crappy songs to form a good song habit, (laughs) you know, because I still have to stay in this town. Yeah. And so the key to winning in this town is staying in it. Yeah. A lot of people that are better than me over the years have moved home. You know what I mean? And they're texting me, hey, congratulations on your new song. It's to me, we don't, we're not afforded the luxury of just saying, I just want to write what I want to write and I don't care if anybody likes it. You have to operate from that standpoint. Yeah. But we don't get to do it every day and expect that we're going to, you know, there are rules, there are things that we have to apply to our art. It's art meets commerce. Otherwise, it's just art, you know, and you can buy art and hang it on your wall. I have songs that are art, my records are art, that's what I get out of this, that's what I give back to myself. But I don't use that or have visions of grandeur that I'm gonna be able to uh, to do that and make a lot of money. Now, you mentioned the, the song that I've got coming out um, here next week called The Shave, and that is a thing where that is primarily just something I needed to hear I love myself it, by the sing. Way. Thank you. Oh, I love it. And if it ever, you know, Finds its way to someone, that's great because I know when it does, it's going to heal them. It's going to hurt them enough to heal them. It's going to make them call somebody. That I get out of it, but I couldn't do a steady diet of just that. Yeah, you know, because those don't typically make the money. You know, those personal songs. I hate they don't though. And 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 it would be great if they did. You know, I, yeah. I I do think that you you write a great song before you write a great camar- you know you write a great song before you write a good one meaning this is a town of good songs and then every now and then you get a great song but it's the guy doing both you know a yeah. good song because a song that's so great a song like the shave it kind of bogs down in its or has a tendency to bog down in its own ambition it doesn't skate across the top it doesn't make it to the radio where they can play it eight times a day and i hear what you're saying that that's not necessarily your measure of success or you wish it wasn't the measure of success. And it's becoming less and less as radio starts having less of a role in how people are consuming music. You know, I know that's a big buzz topic, but it's the truth. Look around, you know, I don't know how much longer it's going to terrestrial radio is dead. It's on its way. It's definitely a life support. It's breathing deep, breathing through its mouth for sure. And you know, a lot of that is for things that have happened. Um, and how expensive it is to get to radio that's its own game you know and it's become less and less that radio uh is has less significance on the new artist radio is putting uh less spins to the new artist record labels are pouring less or less and less money to the radio tours because they can make a lot more money they have a higher profit margin on the streaming and that's how people you know it's terrible for songwriters uh which is a whole another bottle of whiskey <laughs> yeah. but uh
0: it definitely is
1: is is changed the game you know
0: i think they quit listening to the listener as well like what they wanted to hear oh for sure yeah i think that went out the door a long time ago
1: and you know i could sit here and say enough bad stuff about that situation to never eat lunch in this town again um, so I won't, uh, just because I love to eat. But, uh, you know, I think you're going to see more and more people becoming their own DJ, which means you're going to have more, and more more people become their own rock band, their own artists, their own whatever. I've been out of the music making, not the songwriting, but the actual making records for 16, 17 years, right, and touring. Um, now a guy can actually reach some people through you know, guys like you and through uh, streaming and just through different portals into the world and there's listeners there because people are, as consumers are tired of the way that music has been consumed. So now they can literally do their own thing and it gives those of us uh, that are not the Morgan Wallens, that are not the you know Cody Johnsons, that are not the top of the chart Luke Bryan guys, the, the guys that are just writing songs that still think we could touch somebody with them. I think there's more avenues for us now.
0: Well, you, you would see it when, when I worked in radio, and you would have, like, the request line. It would always amaze me. You would have somebody, like me being in South Georgia, everyone loves Jamie Johnson. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And you would get more requests for a Jamie Johnson, for a Randy Hauser, for, for somebody like that, and radio don't even have it in their, in the catalog or whatever to be played that day. And then you're told as a DJ you can't play this and it just never made sense to me that they just literally the listeners telling you what they want to hear there's so many requests for these things and i guess shave is why i'm saying that's cuz it that's that song reminds me of their music sure and i just i just don't see where the disconnect is i mean i understand why there's a disconnect obviously but i just wish they would listen
1: it's interesting cuz college kids have always been college kids college kids have always been anti machine anti-ghost in the machine, anti-doing what everybody else does, the mainstream, they go find their eclectic stuff. I mean, Green Day on, right? I mean, they've always, college kids have made superstars out of people that radio wasn't making in the pop world, in the rock world, you know, not necessarily in the country world, except for in the outlaw world. It wasn't so much that the college kids were discovering it. It was just the people that... You know didn't gravitate towards traditionally commercial music um now a lot of that music is considered to be so bad by the listener that you know my dad is gone but before he was gone he quit listening to radio you know uh, i want to write a song that that the 60 the, the year old men, you know want and that's not what this town's built on this town's built on what's the 17 year old girl want yeah right and I want to know, what's the guy listening to that's as smart as my dad that taught me everything I need to know to be hopefully half the man he was? Those guys, what are they listening to? What do they want? And and I know they don't buy the records. I know, but we're just talking about music. We're not yeah. talking about the, we're talking about the art side, not the commerce side. You know, the commerce side, 17 to 23-year-old girls, you know, are, are, are moving the needle uh monetarily well i didn't have anything to do with 17 23 year old girls when i was 17 to 23 exactly. you know Same. so <laughs> so i just it, it's not my thing you know you know if they hear something that i'm a part of that i've written for someone or that i'm doing myself that they like great but i i, I think pointing your direction and really specifically going after somebody is where people mess up you know um, I get a lot of kids that are coming in and I am the old school guy and I'm trying to, to, to be less than that, less and less of that and try to listen to them. And, you know, because there's a lot of good ideas too, you know, but it's not necessarily what I know, uh, to be country music. So it, it's just trying to figure out how to make that work. Cause I, you're only as, uh, young as your co-writers, you know what I mean? You're only as old as your youngest co-writer. And so to stay in this town here i am 50 years old writing songs for 23 year olds you know that have never been in a car wreck never had a girlfriend never had to pay a bill never got kicked out of an apartment never been in a truck wreck never been in jail never had to have a girlfriend that they just broke up with have to come and get out of jail so now you got to be with her another three months because she got you out of jail they haven't done that right me either but you well, know, it's well just, that makes one of us in this room. Yeah, of right, I, no, I get it. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I might have told a little lie to however many however many people are listening to this. Like, a lot. I just told several thousand lies. But, uh, you know, and then a lot of those kids, there's some old souls. I gonna mean, we'll always have old souls um, coming to town. And, uh, you know, it's just different how music is made. It's different how it's consumed. It's what is considered to be good music good listenable consumable music is changed yeah. but what hasn't changed is people will consume what they love yeah you know and so i try to write songs i love and if you don't love it nobody else will either you know
0: yeah see i have i have a problem with uh, the term that some people i love country music so much like my family has just beat it into me from a from a small child. I love everything about what I consider country music. I almost get pissed when I hear a certain song and it's put into the country category. Like there's certain things that they call country music now that I go back to like the outlaw stuff. That those songs will never be wrote again, and they're my faves. Like they literally. And then when you hear. Especially, I know that you say that, and I know that by the statistics and everything that the young girls are what pushes whatever the the needle and everything. But I don't think that the people that I grew up idolizing would have gave a shit. And I know you don't really. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, I completely get it, but I just don't like that some of the stuff's called country. Like it's just oh, it's 100%. not it's not country to me anymore, and it bothers me that what I. I still want to come to Nashville when I come up here and I want some sawdust floors. I want some... I want a fucking honky-tonk, you know? Sure. And it's so commercialized. It really is. Yeah. And I wish I could have been here in the 70s, you know, because I think I would have fit in a whole and lot better song. then. them. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, the thing about those artists,
0: and there's how you know
1: that they're true artists, in addition to them just, as you say, just kind of turning a blind eye to whoever's not looking at them. And... And just simply just doing their thing with their blinders on and what they like with the four or five or six friends, guys in their little group like, you know, the highway men, the, the outlaws. It's just like – it's not that they didn't care what anybody thought. Yeah. They just didn't care if somebody thought differently than them. But yeah. the ones that thought – the like-minded ones that thought yeah. like them, they they were linked up. And those guys were stars in their own right. I mean, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't outlaws. I mean, like some of these guys, they don't want to talk to media. They don't want to – I mean Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings were in front of a camera every time you turned it on because that was the only media they had. Yeah. That was the only way they had was their music, and 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 through the public appearances. You know those guys were very commercial, like Snoop Dogg. I mean Snoop yeah. Dogg is commercial as you get, Absolutely. but he's authentic. Yeah. So it's not to me so much about what's commercial and what's not, or what's hip and what's not, or what's you know what's real and what's fake. It's just what's authentic. Yeah. You know, uh, I like some people better than i like keith urban i like keith urban better than i like some people you know i don't i don't you know i'm not gonna pick up a guitar and sling it like keith urban and sing keith urban stuff and wear what he does and does what he does <clears throat> but i can listen to his music and go it's of keith urban yeah sounds like keith urban and the same with keith urban as willie nelson or waylon jennings in this respect that if you hear somebody trying to be keith urban you know they're trying to be Keith yeah. Urban. If you hear somebody trying to be outlaw traditional country, oh, he's trying to be Waylon. That's how you know those guys were real acts because it's a brand, and if you try to get anywhere close to it, you're a brand. You know what I mean? You can't fake Ford. You can't fake Chevy.
0: Until you just said that about Keith Irvin, I was sitting here thinking from where he started to where he's at now, Mm -hmm. it's the same sound. Like, it's literally – I can't think of anything where he's ever, like, turned a page or, like, changed it up or whatever.
1: Well, I mean – he had a more organic grassy delivery when he was with the ranch you know uh, but uh he still devised that music the music yeah. was still of him and uh you know if you go back and you listen to that stuff it sounds like keith urban yeah you know and if a new kid comes along and he's a slinger and he's doing that kind of stuff it's just gonna sound like okay he's trying to pick up where keith urban is you know and and uh that is kudos to those artists that are like that that are such a strong brand you know i don't care if i like you or not if your brand is right and you're true to your brand and you're and you're molding yourself according to yourself and molding yourself according to responses of the people that like your music and you keep giving those folks what they liked not what you think they liked but just serving or service it's a service industry you know, all the egos and all that, we're really dishwashers. You know what I mean? We're really waitresses of music. We're really, you know, servers. That's what we're here for. And, you know, everybody takes themselves so seriously. We're, we're background music while somebody's doing their dishes. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's up to us to determine the quality of the dishwashing music, you know, uh to me I want that lyric to be as good as possible. And when you say you're a fan of the seventies stuff, I'd say I'm a fan of the lyric. Yeah. Like I don't care if it was Shell Silverstein book or if it was The Giving Tree or if it was, you know Light in the Attic, or if it was, you know, some passages he wrote for Playboy. You know, it's like I like Shel Silverstein. I understand his brain, right? So, I want people to say that about me. I want people to like my brain. Well, you're
0: definitely not dishwasher music. I I know what you meant, but definitely not.
1: Yeah, well, what I mean is, that's how people, that's where people consume the music, on the way to work, right? And so, with that, a lot of times, they don't want us to get too thick or too, and and I know you disagree, as do I, but I'm in this job of, you know, if they don't hear it, it didn't happen. Yeah. I get it. So you, you got to figure out, like I said, you'll write a great song before you'll write a, you'll write a good song before you write a great one, but you'll write a great song before you will write a good commercial song, I you guess. know? And it's like a great song is stuff that probably the world doesn't want to hear. It's probably too much tear and too much. If it suicide, don't make, if it don't make me
0: cry. Yeah. I damn, I don't want to damn near listen to it. I, if somebody gets in my truck, they're going to think I'm the most depressed person ever. I about don't listen to a happy song. Right. And it's not because I'm sad or anything. It's just because I love a story. I love the storytelling part of a song. When you said, I got the whole point you meant like on the way to work or the background noise, I literally can sit there and one song, one line can change my whole mood, my whole day. Uh, I always judge a song by if it makes me want to drink or not. Like, uh, when first time I heard you do shave when we were here, uh, it I could I literally I had to pour myself another drink. A song is going to affect certain people a certain way. Sure, and when you have a song like that or some other stuff that I've heard you play, um, I just think that they're so strong and they're so powerful. I wish, I wish more folks would do that more, I, I know what you mean by the good songs. And I, I guess it's just because I love music the way that I do, and I know the way the game's got to be played. But at the same time, it's hard to look at a song like that and the other things you do, then you hear, I'm not going to name any songs, but you True. hear some something that is just bland. You got a piece of prime-ass rib over here, and then you got a McDonald's fish filet over here. But I'm being force-fed this fish fillet. Sure, I 100% get what you're saying, and I I agree. Yeah, I don't,
1: you know, listen to as much radio as I probably need to because I'll write a song that somebody's got out. You know, yeah, I I have to listen to just enough. But uh, yeah, again, it's not even knocking the genre. There's some really good singers. We have some really good singers. People always talk about the '90s. The '90s. Well, it wasn't like the '90s was loaded with great singers. There was great singers, and then there was crappy singers. Yeah. Everybody had a record deal. There was imprint labels all over the place. On every other house in this music row, you know, was somebody had a real record out. But the difference was, songwriters were writing those songs. Yeah. The artists were not writing a lot of those songs. Not you know, not ninety percent of the artists writing songs. It was more like 20 percent of the artists writing their songs or getting together with songwriters. And that game has changed. And and when you change the expectations of the music or you're not needing the quality of music or you're not needing the skill level when the skill level not playing at radio there's no really reason to go get these 50 year old men that are the real wizard of oz behind the curtain you know to go do it when you can have two kids out of college that you know are 19 years old making electronic tracks and it works it's it's just a it, it's just the difference between the old and
0: the new you know and I'm just never gonna. I'm just never going to understand the new, sure. I, and I'm more like. I guess I'm probably closer to that generation though. I, I will go out with friends. Uh, I brought some people here recently for the first time, and they had never seen a writers' room, and they wanted to just stay on Broadway the whole time. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to do that. There's like one or two people I will go to Broadway to watch them because they're real close friends, but besides that, I'm not going to Broadway, and. I took them to a writer's round. Their mind was blown. And it wasn't even like a big lineup or anything. But it was just the storytelling, the art. It was everything behind it. And I tried to convince these folks that you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You're going to hear the same 30 songs at every single bar you go to. It's the same thing you can go listen to on radio right now. It's the same thing that you've heard for the the 20-something-plus years of your life give this a chance because this is going to be better. Like and the second people like actually open up and take the time they're scared of what they don't know. Like I think that's most of what it is. They're scared of crying at a song. They're scared of getting wrapped up in the emotion of a song. I want to be wrapped up in it. Sure. If you don't touch me with your song, more than likely I'm not listening to it again. Sure. Like, like I want I like the fact that I love I love Dean Dillon. Like, I love that kind of stuff. I love Jason Isbell. Make me cry. Like, give me some type of emotion. I don't want to waste my time and energy on something that's going to not affect me if I'm listening to it.
1: Sure. And, you know, I 100% agree with that. That's where my heart is. That's what I get out of music. You know, when people say, what is your favorite song? I say, you probably have not heard it. You can ask me, what's what's my favorite song that you've heard? And, you know, there's lots of choices.
0: What's your favorite song?
1: My favorite song is a song called One More Believer um, and a song called Ford Fairlane, a song called uh, Shadows of the Heartland. Those are all my first record. Yeah, Man Like Me is probably my favorite off of that Man Like Me record is the title track. And I don't know if you've ever heard that song. But, I haven't. But Man Like Me, you should, you should check it out. Um, it's uh, it's That whole first album is kind of what you're talking about yeah. right, as a listener's record and i've had feedback people say it well, just made my head hurt and people's you know their head hurts for enough reasons on self-inflicted wounds <laughs> to bad jobs to my wife is nagging on me whatever heads hurt right hearts hurt so sometimes the music is a release and it, it's the comical wider side it's just uh, let somebody else pick the songs and let me see if i know it and let me sing along and let me get out of this car and go back to doing what i was doing uh, you know, and that's where the background music, you know, kind of thing yeah. happens. And a lot of people like that more levitated, you know, lyric. Uh, just the the lighter laughter, smile, feel good, drunk on a boat. You know, um, if I'm drunk on a boat, I'm writing one of these songs we're talking. Yeah, about, no chance. You know? <laughs> so uh, it's just it's just what do you get out of the life you're living, right? And and uh, there's you can line up eight you know 22 year old girls that have no idea what we're talking about yeah, absolutely. but 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 they're loving their life you know yeah. and it teach their own the 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 thing that irks me irks a big word way underused word irk. Yeah, i love that word actually that's yeah, like stab or sav you know <laughs> juggernaut way underused but i guess what i love so much about the 90s is that uh you could have a Garth Brooks. You don't have to like Garth Brooks. You can like Hank Jr. He's right there too. You can like Clint Black. You can like Trisha Yearwood. You can like Pam Tillis. You know, oh, that's one of my faves. all those different people. Lori Morgan, you know, Joe Diffie, uh, all different. I didn't list one person there till you get into a John Michael that starts coming after the Garth thing, right? But I mean, all that first ten guys, I ten artists that I listed had nothing to do with each other other than they were country music artists in a particular time. Now, we got the same artist listening to the same hundred songs to pick the ten songs, and then whoever didn't get out of that batch of ten, that song gets pitched to somebody else right next to them. And, it, you know, we call it a pitchable song, but the reason a pitchable song is so pitchable is because you got one song that can fit ten people. Well, you know, think about how many songs were like that when, you know, roger miller is not going to cut the same song as wayland jennings Absolutely i might mean, not right one for him but it's uh, it's just the kind of the gravitation of the world and it is what it is i don't know what the future music holds i know what it holds for me my tomorrow looks a lot like my yesterday you know what i mean so i'm not i'm not really chasing it like we've talked about this whole time i just uh i just wake up every day and and try to put either a piece of my pain or a piece of somebody else's pain into a song to promote happiness not to promote pain but you know shaving is not a tear jer- jer- the shave is not a tear jerking song for the sake of being tear jerking it those tears are healing right because this song is about uh you know i got the call f- uh for my dad wasn't sure what day was going to be his last day, but I knew it probably going to be next week. And I went in, and, you know, it's this old West Texas cowboy, right? And and he's just the toughest guy I know. And just he's just uh, not hard to love, but just hard, right? He's just uh, just brutally honest, prideful West Texas cowboy and a football coach. I wanted to toilet paper in my own house, you know, during football season but uh i wrote the song about him he's wanting me to shave him because he doesn't want to meet jesus with a beard essentially and he's uncomfortable and he's got the ventilator in he can't talk and if you've ever had anybody uh you know tell you they love you uh without words it's it's pretty humbling experience (laughs) you know Uh, and i'm kind of standing there watching my life flash before my dad's eyes and uh I think that moment just kind of split my life into two, uh, the, all the moments that I'd had before that and all the moments that I'll have after the shave, you know? And I wrote this song specifically to help myself heal and my dad and that whole situation is the device. But when I play that song, it could be a mama that lost their mother. It could be a guy that has nothing but daughters, that's never taught a son to shave, he didn't know his dad. It just stands for loss. It represents loss, recovery, healing, finding the happiness in the moments that you had with somebody not about shaving you know that song's no more really about shaving than rocky is about boxing you know and people are like well you mean rocky's not about boxing hell no rocky's not about boxing rocky's about being the little guy that's the biggest rocky's about being the guy that didn't quit rocky's the guy having everything coming from nothing right and believing in himself and i and i think a lot of those kinds of things have You know, we all have to adopt. That's why everybody gravitates to Rocky. It's not because they love boxing. Not because we're Italian. It's because, you know, not because we know where he grew up. It's just because Rocky stood for being better than you were supposed to be, right? We've all been in that position one way or another. And to me, that's what country music is. Is you take your pain or your happiness or your questions that you can't answer and you put them in a song form to hopefully maybe give somebody else some answers.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know if I told you this the first time you played it. I lost uh, my papa, who's like my hero, Christmas morning. Um, and then when you played that, I was, I was still like in the – which I, I'm always going to be in that healing phase. Nobody, I guess, gets over stuff really. But, uh, whoa. Yeah, it, it never hit, gets better. It gets it, a little less yeah, bad. Yeah, but. that's right. It, boy, it hit me. It hit me. It's one of those, man, that – Whoa. I, I, I know. Whew, I'm ready for everybody to hear it. <laughs>
1: well, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, you I know, I, you doing it. I like I said, I've been out of making records for over 15 years, and I've got my first music that's coming out in over 15 years, which is exciting. And I think in order to do that it was has been a process for me. Uh, I think it's taken just time to kind of c- quit being butt hurt. You know, I came to town, had a record deal. I always thought songwriting was kind of the consolation prize of what I moved here to do, and that's has become who I am. Right? I mean, who I am is what made my songs, but but also my songs have made who I am. It's kind of uh, tit for tat there, and it took time and took this song, I think, for me to go. You know, I think I was going at this the wrong way. I think I was one of those guys that was chasing a number. I was doing it with real songs. I was doing it with real lyrics, but I was also trying to fit my square peg into the round hole. Right. And now I'm just looking for square holes. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's,
0: I think it's harder
1: to find, but better, better once you find it. I think
0: some of us chase a reason sometimes, but I think sometimes that reason is us, you know? Sure. Like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can't put my finger on the day Everything started to change But I can still see my baby face In the bathroom mirror Just like yesterday Standing there somewhere in between A boy and a man about 13 Razor in my hand and some barbersaw cream And a puddle in the sink I Still hear my daddy say Let's take our time, we ain't in no hurry Just nice and slow, cause you don't get this day back He said, I'm right here, son, ain't no need to worry And he wiped my face with love and a warm wash rag said, look at that It ain't a half-bad shame. Well, fast forward a bunch of football games, a few truck wrecks and a couple heartbreaks. Now I'm standing there with my own son, old as my dad when I was that young, watching a little boy disappear smiling proud and fighting back tears like he did then when we were here i heard me hear him say let's take our time we ain't in no hurry just nice and slow you don't get this day back said i'm right here son Ain't no need to worry, and I wiped his face with love and a warm wash right I said, look at that, it ain't a half bad shame, hmm, hmm. Mm. Fast forward a bunch of towns and a wife Most of the rest of my daddy's life In a hospital bed, wasting away He looked at me and pointed to his face And a razor sitting on a slide-out tray I picked it up like yesterday Last thing my daddy heard me say just take our time, we ain't in no hurry. Just nice and slow, we don't get this day back. Said, I'm right here, Dad, ain't no need to worry. And I wiped his face with love and a warm wash rag. Said, look at that. Ain't a half bad shave.
0: Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That would hurts. But it hurts uh, good. It's a good hurt. It's, it's a, a good, good hurt.
1: hurt. Well, you know, oh. that's a song I needed to hear myself write, you know, yeah. and uh, there's things that in that song that are not formulated exactly the way you'd write the commercial song. That song does things that, You don't do if you're trying to get this three minute and 15 second, you know, piece of. Fluff isn't the right word, but, you know, even my songs, I've tried to figure out how to get real lyrics into a, fr- a fluffier configuration, and that's been a winning combination. This one doesn't follow as much as that, and this just kind of does its own thing. And, that the you know, the biggest risk is the biggest reward, and that's in anything music or any job or any kind of goal that you're chasing. And, you know, this is risky from the sense that uh, nobody would cut this song because there's not a personal attachment to it, right? I, I feel like if I was trying to cut the song it wasn't about my situation, I'd feel like I was phoning it in on behalf of whoever wrote yeah. the song. So it was kind of doomed from a commercially pitchable uh, aspect. Uh, who knows, somebody may hear it and wanna sing it and it might hit them and I'm like, heck yes. But I feel like this was my story, I needed to tell it and I wrote it by myself and the truth is, God wrote this song and I just kinda, you know, caught the words as they fell and this is truly probably the favorite thing I've ever written. Yeah. you know when you say what is my favorite song uh, that you've heard, I wrote a song uh, for Eric Church called "Some of it uh, that is probably one of my favorite songs. I've written tons of songs for you know Toby Keith got some great ones in there and uh, I've noticed in the last little bit I'm some of my brand is starting to come to the forefront a little bit you know i wrote a song called note to self which is uh, a similar song to a song i had called don't ask me how i know as an artist and also some of it and they're all just what i call the letters to an unborn child or the, the things in these songs could be letters to to somebody or if you didn't want to have to talk to somebody you just want to write them a note you know these are lyrics that you would put in those kinds of notes
0: funny story about note to self so i posted it on social media uh I did not know you were attached to it at all. I right. didn't, didn't know anything about it. I heard that song. Uh, I was sitting in my studio back in Georgia and going through new music or whatever. I'm a big Randy Houser fan anyway. And uh, I listened to the song and like it's one of those that just knocked me on my ass, right? I posted it on my Instagram story or whatever and little Skinny uh, messages me and he's like, you know who wrote that, right? And I was like, no, because I hadn't looked up anything. He said Bobby wrote that, yeah. and I was like, "Well, no shit." I it just blew me away. That that one is probably my favorite of Randy's now. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, I it was just he it, sings the heck out of oh it. Oh my god, he's a
1: sweetheart, and he's a guy that you know started on his commercial trail later than a twenty three year old, right? Yeah. So he's not really knocking it out of the pocket radio. I don't know. Don't quote me on his age, but he was over thirty for sure. You yeah. know, mid thirties and then so about but the time that that really started rolling now he's old school right yeah i mean old school is more soul than age anyway but he was chasing the radio thing but you know in his hearts of hearts it's things like note to self and it's singing to a crowd and that guy just can sing so great uh but that's a prime example of not really knowing if we're having a hit or not because that song is impacting you know i had a song called don't ask me how i know well that song to this day is a pretty Recurrently played song And it impacted Like a number one song It only went to like Number 14 you know Um, But it impacted Like a number one song Well now Because of the internet A lot of these Because of the streaming A lot of these songs Are impacting people's lives Having the impact That a number one song Would be Having on them Or or sometimes even more You know Because a lot of these Number one songs today Are not Quite frankly impactful They're just repetitious Um,
0: They all sound the same
1: well i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get too far down that road because uh, i yeah, got i gotta yeah. a drink here but um you know but yes uh i think what's crazy is that note to self now has just charted uh it's like forty five or forty four or something this week um uh, and it's taken a while to get there and he's having some radio i think he's gonna get some radio play on it but the song is impacting a lot, a lot heavier in the world than the chart position because yeah. of the internet. Well, we don't really get paid by that. We don't really track that. I don't really know what that is. But I can't say the words note to self and not have somebody know that song. Yeah, right? Man. But typically, back in the day, if you set a number, the title of a number 40 song, nobody cared. I just had a song die at 20 uh, called Up right and it's in that same brand it's a lyrical thing i never thought in a million years that song would only go to 20 you know it's just a different day and age but i it's one of those songs that back in the day if you said i had a song went to 20 like, what's it called i don't know if i heard that you know because at 20 it's not really being heard a lot but now we got a song number 44 in the country and it's one of the most probably talked about songs in, in people's drinking time you know uh that, that i've ever been a
0: part of yeah it, it is constantly on repeat around yeah. me it's just it's it's i i was blown away when i found out that you wrote it well there's a batch of songs like uh
1: there's note to self there's don't ask me how i know
0: uh, so i haven't even heard that now yeah, i gotta look that up as soon as we get yeah done don't ask this. me
1: How i know was a single that i had out uh it was my hit song as an artist and uh it's actually reviving a little bit here because as we get ready to break this new music for the shave you know people are starting to figure out who it is is doing it and oh he got he's the guy that sang don't ask me how i know you know not ask me how i know not the yeah. not the garth thing this is i don't know 14 15 years before that but uh that thing still has not gone away that song is still played a lot and and uh people love that song and. Thought it was going to be re-recorded a couple times. I think it has been re-recorded, it just hadn't been released. And I can't say who, but uh, pretty excited to see that song live on. You know. Uh, but when you go hear that song, it'll make sense that songs like that and One More Believer and Ford Fairlane, Shadows of the Heartland, Man Like Me, Note to Self, uh, uh, some of it, Burning Man. I'm not just listing all my songs, but there's certain ones. That are very cohesive in the way
0: the lyric is laid out, you know. That's cool. Well, Mr. Bobby, uh, I can't tell you how great flam for you doing the show and taking some time out of yeah, your buddy. your uh, your schedule. I know you're busy. Uh, I
1: appreciate you having me, man. I mean, talk your ear off.
0: No, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Shit, this is one of my favorite shows I've done. It. Awesome, man. Um, is there anything else you want to plug before we get off here? Anything? Anything I want to what? Now? Anything else you want to plug before we get well, off? Well, I I do want to.
1: Tell folks that uh, i do have the shave coming out that i just played it comes out august 12th and uh, it's so funny because the streaming is so new to me and all the kids are like yeah i'm streaming uh, to me a stream is where you pee and fish you know yeah. and so i don't know anything about streaming and my new collection of work and all this and i'm laughing at these kids and streaming everywhere and i'm, like, well, I'm streaming on all platforms I'm like what does that mean you know and of course here i am now all this time later and i've got a Song coming out August twelfth. It's streaming on all platforms, you know. But I'm excited about that. I'm going on on tour with Aaron Lewis uh, starting in October. So we'll, awesome. yeah. well, I,
0: when I got to meet him at the Creative Vets Golf Tournament and mm-hmm. talked to him for a little bit, uh, that dude is one of my. I just always been like a huge fan of him, and he was just the nicest, coolest. He was everything that I wanted him to be. This will tickle the shit out of you, I think. There was a girl. We was talking about like the younger generation. While ago, there was a girl that came up to him while we were in the taco line at the the golf tournament, and is talking to him. She doesn't know who he is, and she is telling him like, "Hey, I'm a songwriter, all this kind of stuff, or whatever." She's plugging herself to Aaron Lewis. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need. She has no idea who the hell he is, and she walks off. Or whatever after introducing herself, and he even says, "I'm Aaron Lewis." She goes and sits down about 20 minutes later, uh, walks back up to him or whatever, and he's sitting there, not at the same table with us, but the catty corner to us. And she just comes up and she's like, I am so sorry. I just made a complete ass out of myself to you. And he just, he even just with a smile on his face, he's like, it's all right. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't have to get mad
1: about this stuff. Um, well, I, uh, I, um, was, uh, I was uh, out uh, somewhere, I was deer hunting or something, and uh, I had walked into this lodge and left the door open. And yeah. this, and there was a bunch of doctors and lawyers, and and uh, I was kind of singing for my deer hunt, you know. I was yeah. out there playing, it was a big group. And this lady, she looks at me, and I'm covered in deer blood and camo, and I don't know if you can say that, I'm pretty sure I can say that. Oh, when, you can say that, you when, won't tell me so. And I, walk well, in. I left the door open, and I said, hey, I just need to get something real quick. And, she goes, young man, I don't know where you're from or how you were raised, but around here, we shut the door when we come indoors. Right? Really talking down to me. So I walk out. I said, yes, ma'am, and I shut the door. Sorry about that. And I walk out. I come back in, and somebody has told her, you know, that's the guy that's going to play some songs for us later. You know, he, he was just getting in to get a hunting knife or whatever. She comes up to me, and she goes, well, Apparently I've embarrassed myself. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize who you were. I said, "Why would that make a difference?" She said, "Excuse me." I said, "The only thing worse than somebody to mean to you when they don't know who you are is someone nice to you once they figure it out."
0: <laughs> That's even better. That's even damn better. <laughs> Man, thanks for having me. Anytime, Mr. It. Bobby. Well, uh, well, folks, uh, what's your? Tell them your Instagram or do you know oh, your shit, social media? I don't media. know.
1: Uh, my name is Bobby Penson. Yeah. And,
0: Hold on, I'm going to look it up. I, to, and, yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm.
1: I think there's a real Bobby Pinson. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the real Bobby Pinson.
0: Yeah. Um, look him up, add him. Uh, are you doing pre-saves yet? Yep, yep,
1: pre-save on August 5th. can't believe I know that. This is the closest I'm ever going to be to being a teenage cheerleader right here.
0: I just mm-hmm. want to make sure they they listen to it and download it for I you. I appreciate it, man. You're welcome, Thank boss. You. All right, folks, so make sure you do that. Thank you, Mr. Bobby. And, uh, folks, uh, go listen to all his music, all of it downloaded all all uh everything back catalog everything and uh we will catch y'all next time